This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, gentlemen, just as well, uh, Tony Asker didn't make a fool of us for once. Well, I say for once, eh? With uh, and going to point uh, Kevin Thompson or something like that, because eh? for the last three weeks we've been saying that it was a it was a foregone conclusion. But before we, even though we've been talking about it as it being a foregone conclusion, we do have to we do have to speak about the fact that there's permanence now to the Dundee United management team, and well. That can change things, can't it, Jim? You know, that was one of the thoughts that crossed my mind before we got together. You know, if you're Liam Fox, it's probably a wee bit of a tendency to to play things as you know quite safe, be the sort of uh, the calming influence, the you know the one that can steady the ship, that sort of character. Will having the security of being given the job on a permanent basis, do you think that will change his outlook any? Well, I suppose it depends on the terms of his contract. <laughs> you know, if he gets a hundred grand, <laughs> if he gets a sack, you know, what I mean, <laughs> you'd always want to see what the uh, what you know what T's have been crossed and I's have been dotted. I, suppose. I was going to say mean, he knows I, he's got it for a while, but <laughs> with Jack Ross, he's probably thinking, <laughs> well, well, okay, maybe that's right. No, I mean, he's. I mean, look, I mean, most people involved in football know that you know that things can change with him. But I'm pretty sure that Jack didn't think he'd be on his backside after you know was it ten weeks at Tannadice. You know, I mean, uh, but no, I mean Liam's in there. Um, you know, I, I I'm kind of I. Uh, I thought to myself when I wrote the column a few weeks back, you know, and and the guy, some guy on Twitter asked me, are you getting paid by Tony Osgar to write that Fox will be the next manager? And you think, no, you've just been about the game a long time. You tend to know how it works. And it was the obvious, to me, it was always the obvious choice. It was obvious safe choice, but it was obvious choice from a whole host of reasons, given that he... He knows the structure at Tannadice. He can happily work with and has happily worked within that director of football structure, which which kind of leaves a coach with kind of less power than the old traditional manager managerial situation, which is you know which has run uh, run its writ in Scotland, which is now kind of dying out. Um, <clears throat> and he knows the players. He's happy working with the players. Is there a bit of player power? Of course there is. You know, when you've got senior pros in the dressing room, you ask them their thoughts. You, you know, a dressing room's no a kind of, um, you know, it's not a place for shrinking violets. So when you've got senior professionals about the place and all the rest of it. So he's happy with all of that. So for all of those reasons, and 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 there's been a mini revival. You know, I mean, he, he he's done decently. I mean, he could have gone to Ibrox after a win and a draw and, and got a terrible thumping. They didn't. They went down. They did actually very well. Um, so... There was a wee indication that maybe, you know, a mini revival was underway, that he was the guy for the job. And the real danger for United was bringing someone in who didn't know the place and didn't know the players. That, that, I mean, that could have been an absolute disaster. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure that um, that anybody around Tannadice could have stood to another disaster of a manager maybe coming in and lasting six, eight, ten weeks. For starters, had it gone the same way, um, you'd have been looking at, I mean, as it is, they're in a relegation battle already, albeit it's very early in the season, but you'd have been slap bang in the middle of a relegation battle. So to me, it seems sensible. Uh, and I think he um, he will feel some degree of comfort and security now that he is his own man, um, because he is now his own man. And he's brought in a good guy, I think, to help him as well. And Stevie Crawford, we've all, we've all dealt with Stevie over the years. He knows the game uh, inside out. You know, um, he, he will be the kind of the conduit, if you want, sometimes when you need that as a second uh, second in command between the dressing room and, and, and the, the new head coach. So I think all around it was just the sensible sensible one to do. And will uh, you know will Liam Fox be um, you know be more cautious? I don't I don't know. We, we will only tell when we see it. I mean, I thought the you know looking at the, the goal that they scored at Ibrox, I thought it was a thing of beauty the way it was worked and all the rest of it. So if you can get that kind of football from the team, and I still firmly believe there's a squad good enough there to be in the top six, and I think most people will be pretty happy. I think uh, to return to a wee theme that we spoke about when. When Jack Ross, oh, I can't remember which podcast. I think it was when things were maybe starting to go wrong. Before, certainly before he got sacked, and then and then I think we spoke about it when he when he did get sacked. I think it's imperative that, uh even when you're doing an appointment from within, and you're you know you're even if say you're looking for for continuity, it's to, you have to give whatever the model. I personally think whatever the model of of your management structure you have to give the manager or head coach his choice of number two, don't you? And it appears uh, Liam Fox has got his his first choice on that front. You know, he's they've they've he's got a connection with, with Stevie Crawford, you know. I mean I think you can go I don't know if they directly worked together when they were both at Hearts on the coaching staff. I'm not entirely sure kind of how their 
either jobs dovetail probably probably not because Stevie Crawford was more involved with the first team than Liam Fox was but still there's there's that trust there they know how they both work and that gets you off to a good start doesn't it rather than having somebody imposed on you yeah uh, yeah, I mean it, it's beneficial. I think we've we've spoken enough um, in various contexts over over the last wee while, last few years, probably about the about the, the advantage of, of having someone next to you that you trust and that, that is, is somebody that you've worked with before and that you know well and whatever. Now, I mean that's as a manager with an assistant. Obviously, there are obviously exceptions to that because I think if we look at uh, look at when. Um, Robbie Nielsen was at Dundee United and he got Gordon Forrest uh, came in and at the time I think they, they spoke quite openly about the fact that they'd never worked together before Gordon Forrest came in from uh, Canada didn't he? he was at Vancouver was he not? I, ironically um, Robbie Nielsen would have probably if had circumstances been different to Stevie Crawford but there we go you know yeah yeah absolutely um, so yeah that, that I mean that was that's probably an exception uh, in general because that, that obviously did work to, that they did work well together and actually to the extent that, that when when Robbie Nielsen left Dundee United to go to Hearts he, he actually took Gordon Forrest with him so um that's that's an example of when when the opposite can can kind of go well but we have seen more examples uh, over the years when when a, a manager hasn't been able to get the assistant that he wants but it hasn't gone well and I think the the, the most the most obvious one that we've we've pointed to on a number of occasions is Jim McIntyre at Dundee uh, when he couldn't bring Billy Dodds in, and that uh, obviously didn't get off to a good start and then got worse <laughs> from there. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely beneficial for for a, a new head coach or a new manager if you like to to come in um, and have somebody trusted next to him um, who can who can kind of do his bidding to an extent and. They can discuss, you know, what sort how how they're going to play it with the with the playing group. Who's going to do what's who's going to do what in terms of the job, and who's going to interact with the players this way, that way. You know, good cop, bad cop. If you like, you can uh, get that figured out. And and uh, yeah, just it it, it, it creates. I think a, they're good cop, good cop. By the sound of things, from everybody I speak to, <laughs> that might both, be the case. Yeah, lovely guys by all accounts. Yeah. You know, but there we go. They need <laughs> yeah. get another bad yeah. one again. Somebody else who's got that. I think they will get, they will bring one more in, surely. I think because I don't think I could be wrong in this. I th- you know, Stevie Crawford has been a number two, but I I don't from again from speaking to a few folk, I don't think he's like what you know just a hundred percent a training ground coach as well. You know, I think at Dunfermline he was a sort of stand back and and observe type manager. While you know, a Callum Davidson or whoever else you know was was doing a lot of the. The coaching so it'd be interesting to see how it pans out yeah uh it, it well and i think uh, you're you're probably right in terms of are they going to bring another another body in it probably will do yeah because i think that's fairly standard now that there would be either two assistants and if you want to call it that but or one assistant and then a and then a first team coach in addition to that as well i think that's fairly standard and obviously i uh who was it united helping out with the first team uh is away now um, so there is a there is a hole there. Um, so you would imagine that they will they will bring someone else in. So uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll be looking for a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh, over to you, Jim. You, you give us one of them. Then, eh? I'm, not saying you, I'm not saying you should have to apply for a job right enough. But that's for all fear. The problem is, you know, to, to be blunt, I'm not sure that bastard kind of uh, scenario works in football anymore. You know, I mean, I, I think those, I think those days are gone. We've all, you know, we, we've all worked in. Uh, 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 you know, I, I was doing in Glasgow last week. No names, no pack job. But I bumped into a journalist of my vintage. You know, um, and we're talking about some of the people we've worked with over the years and some of the tales that we dare not repeat, you know, because uh, we'd have to corroborate and we might get sued, you know. (laughs) But, um, um, uh, you know, I I think that world has moved on in just about every walk of life. I mean, I I think that, you know, I'm actually, I'm glad to see um, uh, Stevie Crawford coming back in because, you know, I dealt with him uh, when I was still doing stuff for kind of BBC Sports, which is, you know, over a couple of years ago now, I dealt with him when he was at Dunfermline. And, and Dunfermline often played really good football, but just, you know, it just wasn't working. And um, I think the last the, the last time I interviewed him, he just seemed like a man that was done. And, and, and I remember at the time when he left, he said he just needed to rechange, uh, recharge his batteries, you know. Uh, and he was right. And that happens, I think, in football at every level. I mean, it can be... 
you know, I think managerial is dead easy to talk about, you know, the manager, you know, it, it's, you know, when you're looking after a dressing room of kind of give or take a first team score of 20 people, and they're all these individual characters and big egos, small egos, huge confidences, mini confidences, in between confidences, um, good players, bad players, medium players, and, and, Things are just not going right for whatever reason. You're, you know, you're you're crucifying yourself trying to kind of figure out what it is. Um, it can be, I think, mentally and physically absolutely draining. And I, and I don't think there's any manager anywhere. You know, you think back of the greats, Ferguson. Alec Ferguson was probably within. Um, it was Matt Busby that kept him at a job. I mean, the, the, the clamour for Ferguson to be sacked um, after a quite an early stage at Man United. It was phenomenal. Who knows, you know, whether he'd have bounced back after, after that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, th- these are all big, big learning. I know we talk about learning experiences and all the rest of it, but I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I think there is some, there is a truism in whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you know. And I think um, as well away, you know, out the game, then coming back, and he did a wee, I think he did a wee bit at Edinburgh City, didn't he, when, when uh, Gary Naismith and then into East Fife. Um, Tough gigs, you know. Uh, so I think the wee time away and then, the, the, you know, the time in, in, in there at New Bay View and all the rest of it will have recharged his batteries, refreshed him. And he's coming, you know, he's coming to the sixth biggest club in Scottish football, which he knows anyhow um, as a player. And he's got a reputation. I mean, he's got, a, you know, he had, a, he had a terrific career, you know, Scotland Caps and all the rest of it. So it's not as though he's coming into a dressing room and people are thinking, who are you? I mean, he comes in with, a, you know, with a very, very good um, reputation. So I mean, I think t- together potentially the two of them, I think, might just be an ideal an ideal team. Well, we sh- we shall see. It's in John- It's a one of the intriguing aspects of of Saturday's game against St Johnson is that there'll be no lack of uh, knowledge about one bench to the other because obviously Callum worked with Stevie Crawford at Dunfermline. I think they're still they've still got a good relationship. I mean, the fact that three youngsters from Saints went to East Fife and and, and you know, it tells you tells you a lot about the the respect between the two of them, and I think uh, Steve McLean and Liam Fox. I think they're they're you know footballing friends, if you like. You know, so there's, there's there'll be plenty of respect, but a bit of a, a bit of second guessing going on as well. I always like that, you don't, Sean. You know, you, if you if you kind of have a you know, they'll be speaking to each other this week, but you'll kind of you'll think you've got an idea as to how they'll go about things. You know. What, how they'll set up their teams. I mean, it's not, listen, Liam Fox has done the job, like we say. He's, he's, it's not, there's no secret to this now. You know, I think I think both will have a, a fair idea of how their teams will set up, but it'll be an interest, interesting wee subplot, Sean. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, the, whether they speak to each other this week uh, or not, I mean, they may well do, but I mean, it's also the conversations that they'll have had with each other over an extended period of time, you know. Um, oh, and in terms of Callum and Stevie in, in dressing rooms, you know, yeah. in the, the you know for six months, absolutely, however long it was. Callum, is that done done filming? Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, if you're if you're friends with you know a, a manager who's at a, a different level, if you like, at, at any given time, as as obviously Stevie Crawford would have been um, when he was at East Fife, and even when he was out of the game, whatever. If, if you're if you're still speaking, then you'll, you'll you'll speak more openly about sort of your approach than you might ordinarily. So, I mean, it's probably fair to say that that, that kind of. Stevie Crawford knows quite a lot about how Callum Davidson wants to play and, and vice versa. And, and, you know, probably the same with Liam Fox and, and uh, Maka, as you say. So, yeah, there's there's obviously a, a lot of familiarity there, um, which which is an interesting thing. But, I, I mean, it is also... I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of... You get the... <laughs> there's been pressure on Liam Fox to the extent that he's, he's obviously been wanting to get this job, right? So there was no way for him to get it without... An improvement in, in results and performances, and he's got that, and he's got the job. But now the pressure changes, and now it's about well, you've got it. Now you need to properly get your get your hands around it and and start getting this moving in the right direction. So it becomes about wins, and um, this this game is 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 a really really big one for Dundee United in that respect. I think because as Jim mentioned, you know they're still uh, languishing down the the bottom end of the league and 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 without a win. Um, so that is, is is a massive massive factor uh, in the weekend that they, they they need now that they've got the job and Liam Fox and Stevie Crawford he's got his man in there they need now to get it from a situation where the players have obviously been playing for him to get him in position they've turned in some good performances and now those performances obviously they beat they beat Levy and they've they've drawn the Motherwell but they need to start picking up more points. 
um, and they're without a league win. So that is uh, that that becomes a massive a massive factor here. So, and at home, decent crowd you would expect. New manager. This is this is a a big game for Dundee United. I would say. It is. I think yeah. I'm going to come on at the sort of significance of it to both teams in a wee bit. But first of all, Jim, where's what's the biggest playing? Forget the points. Forget the table if you can. What's the biggest playing selection issue that Liam Fox has? Because, you know, it's not a team that's, all oh right, it's, the, the ship has been steadied, but it's not a team that's functioning as it probably, still, I would say, still as it, as it should be or as you would think it, we would have thought it would have been a couple of months ago. Where, what's the biggest issue with that Dundee United team as far well, as you're concerned? The- there, there, there are two the two issues that absolutely steal you back, in the face. Are, are, at the back. Are the back and the back in the front. I mean, you know, they've conceded twenty goals, and now I know that you know nine of those were shipped in one game against Celtic. But they concede too many, and they don't score enough. So they've got to start. They've got to find um, a striker. Now, I, I think Fletcher may well be certainly a part of the answer to that. They've got to who's, find who's the, the one? Who's the best one to play with them then? Because there's a few well, candidates, uh, isn't there? Yeah, uh, you know what? I mean, I, I I'm kind of torn on this. I mean, I, 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 I suppose eventually I'm going to have Don't to. Don't say Nicky Clark. He's no, no, no. no. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you, you know, I've used that. I was still, I was unsure of why they, they they let Clark go. Maybe they needed the fee. Um, but if they can, I don't know if they can find a way to have Watt and um, Fletcher play closer together. You still like persist with that? Will you still together. persist with Tony Watt for I a couple of games plenty, and plenty, see if it yeah, works out? Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, I, I think it, it's now it's now up to the management to decide. You know how they want to play Tony do they want him drifting away wide um, uh, or, or do they want him kind of playing closer in alongside um, you know Fletcher so that the two of them actually you know form a kind of you know form a proper striking duo who play quite close to each other and then of course there's responsibility on the midfield you've got to have um a creative midfield who can actually supply them with, with you know, with, with ammunition so they can Which score. Which they've got. United the have got that. If, if, well, if they've they, got anything, they've got, they've got boys when I for a pass. And, and, yeah, they've and got, Levitt, absolutely, obviously. including people like Levitt and all the rest. Of, one, of, one, of their, one of their biggest issues is, 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 is do they have an, an enforcer type in, in, in midfield, somebody who kind of wins the ball, who competes with the other, I don't like the term, but, you know, for ease of use, for the hard men in, 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 in the division, you know, can they get somebody who wins he the ball? Double, he can double up as the, the Second coach, Jim. Yeah, that was, well, that's it. And, and, but the, but the other key thing is they've you know to tighten up defensively. I mean, they need to tighten up defensively. I mean, if you take those nine goals out, I suppose you can argue they've only lost you know eleven in six games, but it's still it's still not great, you know. So so there's a, there's there's a double edged sword here. They need to be much tighter at the back. And they need to start scoring much more frequently up front. I mean, the goal, the goal difference at the minute is minus 17, which is a horror show after seven games um, and, and two points. So uh, th- that kind of brings you, I suppose, to, you know, the other ML, other ML, the new coaching duo. Um, you know, the thing that comes first for them now, as opposed to quality of performance, it's, it's just results. They just need to start getting results. They need to start getting wins on the board um, more than anything else. And then the performances can take, take care of themselves. Because there's, there's been this ongoing thing since Mickey Mellon, since, even since Robbie Nielsen, from Nielsen right through to Mellon, um, all the way through, you know, uh, there was this kind of stuff about, uh, and, and Tom Court's got it in the neck particularly, viciously, <clears throat> a lack of entertainment. Well, for the moment, entertainment's going to have to take a back seat because you can entertain all you want. There's no any point in being the most entertaining side in Scotland if you're going to be relegated. Um, for the moment, what they need is results. So to get those results, they need to find um, a, you know, a, an answer to their goal drought and they need to find an answer to um, that open-door policy that they've been operating at the back. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure how easy that'll be. Thanks, Sean. You, you raised an... Uh... A very interesting point, and I, th- I think I think it's one I might write about this week. Actually, I've got, you know, I was looking back over, you know, sort of Saints United. Yeah, finders fee for that, Sean. Yeah, exactly. The, the, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you know, the significance of certain fixtures, and obviously Saints United. It's the 2014 Cup final, and then I was thinking back to another one where uh, <laughs> the Paul Hartley game, as it's known, or certainly known by Jeff yeah. Brown. You know the one I mean, uh-huh. where he gets himself yeah. sent off. Saints are two 0 up. United win 3-2, yeah, then Saints go yeah. down next season because it's St. Martin still up. Sorry, it's St. that's went down rather than... Anyway, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've, I just think this has... I know it's, we're very early in the season, but I think this game has... I mean, it's certainly more important for United just purely be, because they've got the new manager there at the bottom of the league. They're the last team in Scotland without a win, etc., etc. But it's got real... 
real sliding doors potential for both because I think we're going to move on to Saints. But I think for United, I think it's a very, it's like, it feels like an an, an uneasy truce just now. It's almost that, you know, a large rump of the United fan base are waiting to, they're they're, they're, they're okay with this appointment because they can can see that, you know, the the money that's been spent on players and, and a payoff for Jack Ross. They can, you know, their their brains telling them, yeah, this is probably where we are, and you know they can add it up. But if they were to lose, they're also seeing this as a huge, huge opportunity to turn the turn the tide. If they were to lose, I don't think it would take much for them to for them to turn and for them to 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 really start turning the heat up on everything at Tanadice, and you know. Before we got into Saints, I think I think this carries a big, 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 big stakes. And in terms of you know, like, and the glass half full one, if they win, it doesn't. It's not a huge stretch of the imagination to see them suddenly getting themselves in the top half of the table. And you'd be looking around thinking, you know, he could do a he could do a Tam Courts and get them to fourth or thereabouts. So I do think this is it's an enormous match for. Let's start with United. Yeah, it, as I say, it does. It does feel that way um, because it just it's getting to that point in the season now. Where they started with with a great deal of optimism. I think um, Tam Courts had, had got them into Europe and then departed, and then you know um, Jack Ross comes in and and he comes in with the the uh, despite whatever you know the the last couple of of, of kind of appointments if you like and, and and in the main the Hibs one I think was was fine um it was perhaps unlucky to be sacked when he did when he was by then but I think that he, when he came in uh, not all United fans but a, a lot of United fans would have been entitled to look at his record and go oh this is uh, we've got a a serious manager in here, and indeed, I think that was some of the chat about him. Tony Ascar's chat from within Tannadice at the time was was very much, you know, this is we've got a, we've got a guy who's you know a different level here, um, and then obviously some some you know big signings coming in the summer. Getting Levitt was massive, um, you know, bringing Stephen Fletcher in on 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 good money, you know, that's that's another kind of exciting one, and, and you start the season off thinking. Uh, yeah, McGrath, another one, absolutely. So you you come into this season as a United fan, you're thinking, this this looks good on paper here, and then you get that win over Altmar, and it just, poof, here we go. This could be this could be massive, and it's been pretty much downhill, um, or it was downhill uh, from that point forward until Jack Ross was was sacked. Um, so it's gone from like real optimism to, uh, I'm not sure how far into pessimism it went, but it it, it certainly went to. Anger pretty quickly, um, and it's now, at, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely a bit of that. So it's now at the point where it's 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 make or break time for for the campaign, I think, and 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 it needs it needs to be kick started at this point. Um, if you're a Dundee United supporter, I think that you want to see. That's almost like whatever's come before. Right, I'm prepared to to kind of write that off if what we get from this point forward is, you know, something something more akin to what I thought we were going to get right at the beginning. But it needs to happen now. I think timing, timing kind of is important here. So, yeah, this this game feels like a, a, a big one, being at Tannadice and being against St. Johnson. And the, the manner of St. Johnson's previous season probably plays into that a little bit because United fans who, you know, they haven't watched St. Johnson every week, understandably. So they, they'll, when they're, when they're sizing up an opponent, a lot, a lot of the, the kind of mathematics that will go into that is how did they do last season? And the answer to that is pretty poorly. Um, so if you're Dundee United and you're looking at uh, a Dundee United supporter and you're looking at this game, you're looking at the, the context in which you're going into it with a new manager and you're thinking this is a big three points and yet this is a winnable match and we should be beating them at home. That will be the, the mindset. So that all puts that all puts pressure on it for Dundee United, certainly. So... Yeah, it, it, it feels to me like a, as I said before, it feels like a, it feels like a, a big moment in the season this early. Yeah, yeah, you on the same page there, Jim. I mean, three three home games in a row for United, so it's you know as as always in football, it's it's opportunity, but you know it's it's jeopardy as well as the flip side of the coin, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it's an, I always find this a really histo- an interesting historical fixture. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's quite interesting that you know United from their formation as, as Dundee Hibs and Saints pretty much came through into the, the you know the, the the original Scottish leagues back in 1911 or something like that. You know, uh, within about a year or so of, of each other. And I mean, I've, I've been you know some games where they've been actually very very good crowds um, over the years. But traditionally, it's been um, you know in the last number of years it's been quite a tight fixture, isn't it? There's seldom oh, more. Well, the Mickey uh, Mellon season, they were all draws, yeah, weren't they? <clears throat> seldom more than a goal between them. I mean, you can you, you can go back, I mean, I think to 2013 season when there was a, a you know um, a three 0 and a four 0 and stuff like that. But I mean, traditionally quite tight. Um, and I just kind of you know. I kind of sense there's an awful lot to play for in this one. There really is. I mean, you know, to, to, it looks to me like Callum Davidson is, is finally finding a kind of, you know, Saints are finding a rhythm. I, I think they've made some really good signings. You know, I mean, um, it, it, they, they look to me as though they're, they're, they've kind of, they've added quality to the squad. It can maybe still do a bit, a bit more depth, but by and large, the depth of quality they've got is, is good. And I mean, if they were to win this one, you know, they're on ten points. United remain on two. I mean, psychologically, uh, for for your for your neighbours, it's it's you know, from a Derby perspective, <clears throat> that's a big psychological um, lift or a blow, depending on which side of the fence you're on. Um, but also, it's um, you know, given the fact that take the Derby thing out of it, they are both. At the moment, you know, they are both bottom six sides and potentially, I hesitate to use the word relegation candidate, and we've said United are in a basement battle, but it's very early on. But you really don't want psychologically to get sucked into that. So, you know, very important, I think, for um, for both of them uh, to to get the win. But I kind of sense that, the, the you know, Saints at the moment just have something about them um, which makes them look a, a much better side than, than some of the grim stuff we were seeing from them uh, previously. Um, but United, you'd be heartened by the fact that A, they've got the new coaching duo in and, and that they've looked much more impressive over the last uh, you know, three games. There has been that mini-revival, if you want, but it wouldn't have been hard to have a mini-revival given what had happened to them. Before that, you know, so it's uh, it's not one I'd want to predict, to be honest with you. I mean, no, I, I think wouldn't it's, either. No, I, I wouldn't want to predict it. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, so much of it will just come down to sheer battling endeavour um, on the day. I mean, most, I don't mean for a moment that tactics will go out the window, you know, but uh, neither of the two of them are particularly um, voracious in front of goal. I mean, Saints only scored seven uh, and United scored three. Um, Saints have got much better defensively, 10 against, and United double that, you know, so... Um, it kind of has all the hallmarks of being one of these very, very tight games again, where where one defensive slip up um, might might cost them. So it, it, it's it's one that I'm actually eagerly looking forward to. A because I have to say, you know, risk of sounding unpatriotic, the international stuff just doesn't do it for ah, me anymore, for you, yeah. and I'm just keen <laughs> to get back to to good old fashioned club domestic football. You know, so it, I think it'll be a fast. I mean, it's always a, it's always good, uh, you know, to get the kind of the, the, the derby fixture and. Um, I think it's it's one that we'll get a much clearer picture, I, I suspect, after Saturday, of how the season might be panning out for these two. Yeah, I think as regards Saints, Sean, we we kind of uh, we teed it up a bit in last week's podcast, didn't we? When we're talking about, you know, it doesn't. There was a lot of how it feels, what we're seeing, improvement, foundations, that sort of stuff, and I think that that is all true, and I think that stands you. You know, nine times out of ten, that stands you in good stead for over the course of a of a long season. You know, you you can't really, you, you don't fluke your way up the table. You can't do it on a couple of you know the odd sort of standout result that comes from nowhere. You know, but it is it is the grind. It is all the things people talk about a league season. So these foundations are important when lose or draw against Dundee United on Saturday. But it does have if I'm if I'm Callum Davidson and I'm the Saints players, I'm thinking this does have real potential to to potentially to really raise sights for St. Johnson, even though they, you know they may not necessarily even move up a place on the back of it. But I think if 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 they back up that, you know, those sort of those improvements that they've made, some of them you can see in terms of points, others that are, you know, more about just perception, if they can back that up by winning at Tanadice. I think all of a sudden, the likes of the the quotes from an Andy Considine saying, "Look, I, I actually think we St. Johnson could be a top six side." You know, folk folk wouldn't be kind of 
sort of laughing and mocking as maybe they were when he said them on the back of the on the back of the Hearts game, you know, when when which is when he when he said them. Uh, so that's that's the that's the sort of that's the background music for Saints, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for, similarly, it's it's. it's, it's <laughs> There's, there are, as with anything in football, there's elements of perception that come into it. So it's how, how do how do fans perceive St Johnson's season to be going? And I, and I think for all that we've talked in the last few weeks, in particular, but you know at, at times at other points this season, but certainly in the last after the last couple of games, that you know things are appear to be moving in the right direction, and that there have been improvements. You know, if you go to Dundee United and get a tank in, then <laughs> it's, it very quickly wipes a lot of that away. Um, and, and or again, discussing, you know, what went wrong and, and what does it mean going forward. And With Kilmarnock after it as well, quickly uh-huh. after it as well, you know, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it does, it, it has sort of seismic potential for St. Johnston as well, in terms of the narrative of their season. Um and yeah, I mean the the other element of it was that, that, that if we're gonna if we're gonna sit and say that there there have been improvements at St Johnson this season, and I think that's fair to say, I think they're on the last two games evidence in particular they're they're a significantly improved side um, from a year ago. Um, then you know then it, what you want to see off the back of that discussion is you know further evidence that you're correct. Uh, because as you say, it's not about just having a, a little flash in the pan, you know, one week or two weeks, and then and then reverting. It's about being able to maintain, because it's it's a long season, um, and and the only way to, you know, <laughs> ensure that you're not dragged into a situation like the one that St Johnson were in last season is is to find some form of consistency, um, and, and that's the only consistency that, that St Johnson were able to show last season was a, a consistency of, of being unable to score goals and, and uh, conceding, you know, not huge, huge amounts at times, but certainly given they aren't scoring, then too many. Uh, so they need to, to show that this improvement is here and it's it, it's going to stick. Um, and, and the way to do that, is to go and get results. So yeah, that's that's where the pressure lies for St Johnson as well. There's pressure there too, and it it makes it a it makes it a really fascinating potential encounter. Nicky Clark, Jim, I mean, he was a wee bit quieter against Ross County mm-hmm. than he was against St Murn. But I, I said after the St Murn, I do like I like to see a striker, particularly you know when he's when he's just signed going into a big game when he knows all the spotlights on him. He was going into a team with who'd been crying out for a centre forward for so long. It, it was the it was the sort of transfer window saga. Certainly once uh, once St Johnson got their goalkeeper anyway, that was that was the big it was the big positional one. Um so he did that in his first game. He seemed to sort of bask in it, if you like. And now I also like when I've got a striker go into a team that I mean, let's not kid ourselves. He will feel like, although he's although he was well treated by United, although he was well respected, I think by the by the supporters. You'll you'll correct me if I'm wrong there, Jim. I think, you know, and and different managers, he will be a man who feels he has a point to prove, won't he? Because he wasn't given he wasn't really given a chance this season as a starter, was he? You know, he would he would have been sitting there thinking, hold on a minute. Tony Watts getting this run in the team. I should be. It's it's my turn. That's how he'll have been thinking, and he. He will be highly motivated for this one, won't he? Oh, I think so. I mean, I think Clark was always always highly motivated. I mean, you know, people may have varying views of him, and there were some United fans who weren't overly um, overly mad about him as a player. You know, they didn't rate him that highly. Uh, although I think, you know, m- my estimation is that about United fans always thought they got nothing less than maximum effort from him. Um, so. You know, this can be two different things. I mean, people can think that somebody gives maximum effort, but they're not necessarily cut out for the position. Um, I liked him. I mean, I think he's an intelligent player. He's an, he's not an egotistical player. He comes in and he plays as an absolutely solid pro. Um, it was becoming clearer that he wasn't part of the, um, that you know, he wasn't going to nail down that that. that first team place, who knows how it might have worked out now under a, a new coaching duo, but it certainly it became, you know, clear that he, 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 he did not look as though he was going to be, um, you know, a regular first uh, first teamer. So I think everything, you know, conspires for Saturday for him to come out and, and, and you know, give uh, an absolutely first class performance and, and be on the winning side, whether it happens like that or not, who knows. Um, 
but yes, you'll have you'll, you'll have something to prove. I, think, I, I don't think it would be normal to be at a club, um, you know, and be relatively happy at a club, but not kind of nailing down that that starting uh, position every week. Um, I think you would definitely want to come back. It'd be nothing abnormal about want to come back, and to some extent, gently rub your former employers. It noses in it, you know. So I mean, I look forward to to seeing it because I think it'll be a fascinating kind of battle. Um, he know, you know, he's playing against these guys in training every day for long and weary, so he will know their strengths and weaknesses, uh, which is very intriguing. And I mean, Clark's a fit player. That's one of the things I always liked him. He's not particularly the quickest in the world, but he's an intelligent player. He's a smart player. He can play with back to goal. He can take men on. Deadly from a penalty spot, you know. There's a lot to admire, I think, about his game and. Um, I think, you know, he offers Saints, I think, the potential to be a much livelier unit up front than they have been previously. So I think it's one of the, one of the many fascinating elements of the game on Saturday. Well, there are many fun, fascinating elements about the game on Saturday. We'll, we'll maybe speak about Glenn Middleton as well in, in, in a minute, Sean. But I've, I've given Jim the easy one, speaking about, a, <laughs> speaking about a highly motivated Nicky Clark coming back. I'll give you the tough one, right? Okay, so... Say Murray Davidson's fit, Daniel Phillips isn't fit. These are the premises you're 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 working on here. Um, all four of the centre halves are fit. What are you doing in terms of the uh, back three for St Johnson? Because he's he's got four very good centre halves, and he's got one of whom is the the club captain. And he put Ryan McGowan yeah. in the midfield the last time, so mm-hmm. that kind of solved it for him. What are you doing? With the with the three centre halves and the the two centre midfielders, what's your what's your what's your selection? Uh, so I'm only going to really look at the last two performances. Um, I think uh, the St Mirren one and the and the uh, Ross County draw, obviously, um, because th- those are the two games in particular where there are kind of really positive elements that I, I would kind of draw from. And all right, they, they won away at Motherwell early in the season, but I have to admit that I hold my hands up. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I wasn't there. Uh, so that would be it would be wrong uh, <laughs> to throw that one in. And actually, the one the other one that I did see at home, the Aberdeen one, I think we'll just throw that in the bin. Because <laughs> uh, was, there was nothing much to enjoy about that in an attacking sense. Um yeah, Considine. I mean, we'll go through them. Considine's one where uh, oh, I've been, I've been so impressed yeah. by him. That's the easy one. Yeah. That's the easy one. You can. <laughs> I've been so so impressed because there was when he signed, he was one of the guys that sort of fed into this um, sort of mood amongst fans. I think where there was there was some criticism pa- of the signings. Oh, yeah, it's another yeah. thirty plus kind of whatever kind of thing. And all right, there there, there are there are legitimate concerns when you're signing lots of players of that age and it's 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 fair enough to point out that you know these are not going to be legacy signings of any kind you know you're going to get a couple of years out of them but I think what Andy Considine has sort of um, personified are actually the positive aspects of signing players who are who are that experienced because he's come in uh, and you know as he's as he's become more comfortable over time in that squad and in that shape, I I just think he's he's been great. He hasn't put a foot wrong for me really um, over the last certainly 180 minutes. Um, so I mean he's he's definitely in there. He he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows where he has to be. Notice this, Jimmy. He just he's just he's just speaking as long as he can about the easy pick out the lot of them before. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can, see, I can see what you're doing. I can see so Mitchell. Where does where does Mitchell Mitchell's play? Mitchell's another easy one, though. Okay, that's an easy one for you. In the middle of the three, is it? Or on the mm, outside? Of I must that? say, I did, I did, I did like. Uh, I thought Liam Gordon was good. Yes, yeah, so uh, against Ross County, um, and I think given that he's your club captain, I think it would be difficult uh, and take him back and out. Probably harsh, yeah. To take him back out, so I think I'm going to have to play him, and I would have to play him in the middle of the yeah. three, and therefore Mitchell goes on the right. And are you putting McGowan into midfield, or are you bringing Murray back? Uh, I'm putting McGowan in there. There you are, snap! I'm doing the very, I'm doing the exact same. There we go. Easy, yeah. easy. There you go. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Aye. Absolutely. But I mean, McGowan, McGowan's another one who falls into that sort of category with with Considine. I feel like when he was signed, it was like, oh, here we go. It's another thirty plus. Blah blah blah. All the criticisms. You know, he's 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 going to be slow. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. So he's another one who's come in and actually he's shown you he's shown you the goods the good things 
that players of, of that vintage have got. And uh, he's, he's just, he's so, his intelligence has shone through, I think. Um, and his, obviously his ability on the ball has shone through because I think you can, you can shift him in midfield and he looks he looks comfy there. Um, and actually, I, I, I think mobility-wise, you know, I think he... <laughs> He looks he looks more comfortable right, than he yeah. does at this point. Yeah, it's all yeah. right. Doesn't look yeah, it looks like he could still get around about in there. And I think and you're also thinking maybe in terms of United, we've talked about this plenty enough. Maybe that's something that they can they can gain an upper hand with with having a, a boy in there who likes to fly into tackle and can can do that sort of the, the dirty side of the game Mm-hmm. Well, he gives you he gives you because he's defensively minded. He gives you some security in there, and I know Murray Murray does as well. But I don't, I don't, I think Murray's kind of come into that game as he's got older, and I don't think it's his, his natural inclination. I think it's more by necessity. Well, he was a boxer, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the fact that he's not doing that anymore, it's it's not it's not because he wants to be. I think it's just because that's 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 where it is for him now. Um, he's not doing box to box anymore, so he has to kind of sit. But I, I still don't think it's his natural inclination, and I think he can be a little bit, a little bit rash and a little bit sloppy at times in there. And I just get the impression, having watched McGowan, that he's not, he's not vulnerable to the same sort of um, desire to kind of fly into challenges and stuff like that. He seems a little bit more kind of composed. I think at this point, and that again, I feel really—it's not to do Murray down. It just is. Murray's been out. Murray's not started a wee game again yeah. for a wee while either. You know, so he, he did yeah. roll his ankle so a few weeks ago. I think I think he's a, he's a good choice against United, who've got you know some attacking talent. I think you set him uh, in that deeper line midfield role, and, and he's got defensive uh, capabilities. He knows you know, and a, and a if and I haven't seen it too much to be fair recently, but if a if one of the the back three centre halves decides, you know, that they're they're gonna maraud up the park, then he's he's sensible enough to drop in and, and take up that position. Although we haven't seen that happen recently no. quite quite so much as no, before. Indeed we haven't. Jim, I, I, again I'm I'm speaking from I'm just looking at I'm just looking at highlights, I'm I'm looking at minutes played. Um it doesn't feel as if Glenn Middleton's uh it, it kind of feels as if his his form and impact at United is carrying on a similar theme to at McDermott Park, whereas everybody knows what quality he's got, and he showed it in that Alkmaar home leg. But his consistency lets him down big style. Um, because, again, I mean, the amount of times we must have said last last season when we looked at games that Saints were about to play and we looked at how the team needed to have basically needed to have a good Glenn Middleton in it and it would have it would have transformed it and credit to him he, he did he did make an, an impact at various times when he needed to towards the end are you are you going to go with Glenn Middleton do you get the feeling he is of that Nicky Clark type uh, mentality who will who will revel in the fact he's playing against all right he's not it's not a club that that snubbed him in any way, but he did. He did kind of drift out. He did kind of drift out of Callum, sort of first choice eleven towards the end. Is is he a guy you're you're going to hang your hat on if you're if you're Liam Fox on Saturday? Because it should be if I'm if I'm looking at United's lineup, and we're talking about how very good Andy Considine has been. If I'm looking to get at St Johnson, I would potentially be looking at the pace of Middleton. You know, on the on the shoulder of uh, of Constantine, who does position himself very, very well. But you know, p- potentially between Liam Gordon, who isn't the quickest either. You know, that's you know, so it it should be you know, this should be a a Glenn Middleton type game. Yeah, well, I mean, he came off against um, uh, Rangers, didn't he? You know, I mean, and and I think uh, you know. <laughs> It's. I mean, I, I look at the United bench and think, who who might start? You know, who who might bring kind of you know life uh, and a bit of a bit of energy and a bit of zip to to the side. And certainly, Cujo uh, looks a, play, a, a player who might do it as, as well. You know, um, I think you know Middleton. Um, it, it's up to him. He needs to impose it. I mean, consistency is the holy grail for every team and every football player. So. I think as a player, you need to be imposing yourself. You know, only you once once you you know once you leave the tunnel and you cross that white line, only you um, can impose yourself in the game. The manager, the coach, kind of do it for you. You know, um, he looks on the face of it 
to be a, a, a fair talent. And I put it no stronger than that. I mean, because I have to be honest with you and, and, and say that he's he's not really a player who, when I've watched you know him play, uh, I'm not just talking about United, that, that he's ever absolutely left me breathless with excitement, you know? Um, he, he seems a decent player. Um, he, he seems a player with ability, but I would be a liar if he said he was a player who'd ever really got me off, uh, other than the occasional kind of you know flash of brilliance. And, and you know, many creative players are capable of that, but don't do it consistently enough. So, quite simply, the answer is in his hands on the training ground, and uh, but more importantly, um, you know, when he crosses the white line on actual match day, because. Uh, I, I think United need United. There's two things I think United need about you know that that midfield. They need a bit of pace. I think they've got they've got players potentially who are creative in there, particularly um, Levitt McGrath's one as well. Um, but I think they need a bit a bit of zip uh, uh, about the team generally. They need a bit, a bit of pace about them. Whether he's the man to supply that, mm, not, I'm not sure. I think there's others who might actually be better than that. But you know, um, Liam Fox now has a squad where there is potential for competition. It looks to me as though there's a bit of creativity in and around the bench. We saw a wee bit of that um, with the substitutions made at, at Ibrox. So it's up to Middleton to impose himself, as it is up to every player, to impose himself on the on on the coaches. I'm going to stop calling the coach on the coaches' thinking and and and, and make himself absolutely the standout go-to man for a starting place. Um, I, I I wouldn't kind of you know I wouldn't bank on it. Um, I, I think you know on Saturday, um, I think United need kind of um, a absolute resolve. Uh, from everyone, but they need a bit of creativity as well. So that 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 might be uppermost in Liam Vox's thinking. But we'll only we'll only know about half past two once the once the team lines come out. You are you are. I think you are. I'm going to class you as a a Glen Middleton fan. I think you you kind of you wanted to you wanted to see more of him, didn't you? The second half of last season. Did you did he did he do it for you last season in the end, or did, was it was it a big sort of oh you know. Um, and at the end of it, I mean, I can I can understand why. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, United. I, I can see why United went from right, uh, but I can also see why, even if St Johnston had had the money to go for him, that they wouldn't have. I don't think many. I don't think many fans were. <laughs> uh, saying, that's always a telltale, wasn't it? I can't remember. There was a yeah. lot of things getting a lot of things get talked about in the summer, but I can't remember a a big sort of we need to sign Glenn Middleton. You know, I think I think most folk have thought, yeah, he was he was very good in that golden spell when the second trophy was won. He didn't he didn't feature in the in the first one because he was cup tied. You know, he he did his thing to get Saints into the playoffs, into the playoffs, into the top six when he came off the bench against Ross County. There was that that free kick against St Martin, and he was very good. He was very good again and final against Hibs, possibly possibly man of the match, even though he missed the penalty, but. There you go. He put himself in the history books. So much was expected. The manager put a lot of faith. You know, he waited and waited and waited. That, that was the one he wanted. And in that context, it didn't really. He didn't. Well, he certainly didn't take the team to the next level. Nor or his game, did he? No, um, no. I, I mean, I do think. I, listen, I am a fan, and I've, I've spoken about it enough. But I, I, I don't. I don't think he was playing in a team that that kind of. It made it easy for anyone to be to be a success no, last did, season, yeah. so that that's certainly a factor in it. Um, but and there are also occasions during games where I would have liked to have seen him thrown on where maybe he wasn't. You know, later on in games, you know, it's the old you know tiring defenders kind of thing, put some pace up against him, and that didn't happen. I was disappointed by that, but ultimately, you can certainly say last season in the main. Uh, you know the times when he did get a chance, it, it, it didn't really work. Um, so under the circumstances, you can uh, and there, there were occasions where he came on and did well. I think away at Livingston, um, he came off the bench and and, and set up Ali Crawford uh, for a late winner, um, just sort of round the turn of the year, maybe January ish, mm-hmm. something no, like no, that. that was huge, that was huge. Um, and he, he he did well in the the Livingston game. Well, he scored in the one that Saints should have won, but it turned into one one. But it was the day Dundee were losing at St Martin, so it was it was yes. a, it was a very important point. Yeah. So he, he had his moments, but I think moments are the, the correct way to characterise it because he's he, he didn't have consistency, and I, and I, and for that reason, I can see why even if St Johnson had the money, they wouldn't have bothered. But at the same time, when you look at the moments in isolation. And you look at actually look at his performances for the under twenty ones, for instance, for Scotland under twenty ones, that have been really good every time I've seen him. 
for the under twenty ones, he was he was great. So I can I can also understand why Dundee United would look at that, the moments and those performances, and think right, well, there's something there. So if you if you, because it's the, the kind of thing where if you can get this guy playing week in week out to his potential, you've got a real player there, um, and he's still at that stage of his career where people will will take a gamble on potential. Um, he, he, will, he will quickly get to the it's point. Enough. Yeah. yeah, get to the point where it won't be about potential anymore. But this is this is this is why he is where he is. I think, and I, I still believe he's got something about him. But he, he really desperately needs to to show it now. Um, and the fact that he's 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 been denied games at United in the main up to now as well. I mean, that's that's that would be a concern. Um, you know, if if I were if I were him, I'd be well, worried about that. He, you know? really, I'd be thinking, <clears throat> what can I do to get myself? An opportunity. Yeah, he's twenty three in, in in January, Sean, and and, and I think that's what I, I don't mean worries me. You know, I mean it's it's you know some players kind of some some players de- development is steady, slow and steady. Some is, you know some suddenly make the jump. Um, some is slow and steady. Look as though they made the jump and, and start to drift backwards, and that's where that whole thing about consistency comes into. But I think you know twenty we twenty three in January. I think by that stage, you need to start feeling as though. You are an integral part of 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 a, of a squad. Not necessarily 100%. starting every game, but pretty much being a serious and important player. Even if you know, even if you become like you know the old David Fairclough at, at Liverpool, where you were the super sub, but you were guaranteed at least a half an hour of, of a game. You know, I, 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 although you would, you know, let's be blunt, you want to start. I think he's at that kind of awkward age where I think over the next six months, certainly this season, I think might kind of be make or break for him in terms of United. You know, where people look and go. This yeah. This is not going to work in out. In terms of his career, because if he, if he doesn't work yeah. out at United, then mm-hmm. he's, he's not going to go up the way, is he? No, there comes a point in a, in a player's career where it has to be on them because it can't just be circumstances all the time. It can't be, well, it wasn't in the right environment here. Things weren't going that club's way at that time and it didn't quite work there. And if that keeps happening, then it, it's not. It's, it becomes less about circumstances and more about individual responsibility, I think. And, and as you get older, that increases too. Because as you say, he's 23 in January, he's getting older and he is at that stage of his career where he needs to go and have a, a consistent run of games and, and become a regular starter, somebody who's one of the first names on the team sheet. That's what you would you would hope for for him. So there does come a point where it needs to be about Glenn Middleton and he needs to go, what, what is it that I'm not doing? Or what, what more could I be doing to get myself uh, to that position where I am? kind of a trusted player who's playing week in, week out. So there, there is an element of that involved, I think. Yeah. Jim, I've got a feeling this will be a... This isn't made to, it may turn into a no-no drop. I've got a feeling this will be a game decided by by a sub, one way or the other. I'm, <coughs> I thought it was a penalty by Nicky Clark. No, no, I wonder whether that's a possibility. I think <laughs> yeah. there's a few United fans will be uh, fearing that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, well, Graham Carey's injured, so he, he, yeah, Nicky Clark right. may well be the man on the, on the pens now for, for Saints. But no, I've got a feeling it could be it could be decided by... By one of the subs, you've touched on a couple of them for United for Saints. I'd be looking at, you know, I think if 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 Conor McClellan had, was a wee bit further down the road, I'd be sorely tempted. As in terms of match fitness, I'd be sorely tempted to start him because for the reasons yeah, we yeah. talked about, Glenn Middleton, I'd love to see some from a Saints point of view. You want somebody running at that back, that back three if it is a back three, that back line for United because I think that's that's where you get at them. Um, so. Him as the impact player potentially to to change it for Saints as if it's if it's tight if it's nil nil going in the last twenty minutes and of course we now have the intriguing fingers crossed if he comes through this next bounce game the intriguing prospect of David Wotherspoon being thrown on for ten minutes and that be a listen it's something we can all be happy about because he's 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 a great guy and he's a supremely talented footballer so. There's there's a, there's a bit more of that squad depth you were you were alluding to for for Saints to to get him back huge for Saints not not necessarily for Saturday but who knows yeah but huge for him as well because he's he's got ambitions for the World Cup doesn't he yeah yeah very much so you know yeah, so, so h- huge for him as well no I think I mean I, I genuinely do and I mean I, I don't use the word intriguing lately because I think there there are so many unanswered questions at this stage which I think will be become you know the, the answers will become much clearer um, I'm not saying we'll have the definitive answer to the rest of the season yeah, yeah, yeah. on Saturday at, at five o'clock but we'll have a much clearer picture of kind of I think how this season is going to pan out you, you've got a kind of um, a coach who knows the, 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 the Tanner's dressing room inside out you know has had three games in charge now has now had a kind of you know the international break to work with the guys 
and, and you know, put into practice his own kind of ideas, philosophy, call it what you like. Um, and you've got a Saints side that are starting to emerge, I think, from quite a dark period who are starting to look, um, you know, a, a, a good bit better, who have that, that extra depth to them and some characters about the place as well. I think that's an important thing as well. McLennan looks to me like a guy who really wants to go and shake it up and wants to play and, has, you know, has the potential for energy, a bit of pace about him, a bit of, a bit of zip about him to bring that. You know, Clark looking to kind of uh, reinvigorate kind of... Um, you know, Saints and, and and his own career, you know. Um, so I think there's lots of very interesting things about this. A um, couple of people on that United bench, I think, who could absolutely lend excitement and 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 zip to them as well. So I think there's a lot of things that that, that look that point is, uh, to Saturday be a really really interesting, intriguing game. Um, but it's, it's no one I would call. I mean, for starters, I've only seen the highlights with Saints. I've seen a bit of United this season. What I've seen has, you know. In the flesh, certainly against Celtic wasn't flattering. Um, against St Myrne was worrying too. Um, but there have been improvements, and you know, so Saturday I think um, has all the elements of potential surprise about it. I think, uh, and you know, by five o'clock, much will become clearer than it is as, as we speak. Well, Sean, is there anything else you want to say on it before I move on to Dundee, or have we covered all the bases? Are you, are you seeing it as a, a subs game as well? It could be. Um, yeah, I, I would echo what you said about McLennan. And and I mean, actually, I, I don't want to make direct comparisons to Glenn Middleton because it's we've obviously just been talking about <laughs> Glenn in a particular sort of way. Uh, and and obviously, Connor's still very early at St. Johnson. I would like to see him given more chances in the same way that I would have liked to have seen Glenn Middleton perhaps given a wee bit more at St. Johnson. Um, albeit, I accept the fact that, 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 that <laughs> I accept why he wasn't. Um, but Connor uh, McLennan, I think I've, I've watched him for a long time. I saw him at Aberdeen a lot when I was uh, covering Aberdeen more regularly uh, for the Sunday Post, and I, he was always a player who excited me. And um, you know, the, the the wee cameo that we got uh, against St Mirren, you know, it was a, it was a small a small but significant contribution to that match. Um, and then obviously came on against uh, Dece- Ross decent County enough as well. against Ross County as well. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him get a bit more time. Um, and and I can again, I understand why why um, Callum Davidson stuck with with Nicky Clark and Stevie May as the as the starting two up top after the St Mirren game because they were both excellent. Um, but certainly, I I, I think if if indeed it is Stevie that starts. And I would like to see Conor McLennan start alongside Nicky Clark, to be honest with you. But if it is Stevie May that starts, um, I'd certainly like to see Conor McLennan given given an opportunity earlier in the second half, a bit more time to come on and do some damage. I think I would, that's that's what I'd like to see there. Right, Jim. But beyond that, I think we've covered it. I will have, I, exactly. But we gave we 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 talked a lot about Dundee last week, and they they're a good cup. <laughs> One thing we can say is they've been a good cup cup team so far. Yeah, they've been flawless. Um, made made plenty of changes as we as we predicted and hoped hoped he would, and you know which kind of makes the next team selection even more, and we'll go back to that word, intriguing, Jim, because, you know, the certain guys took their chance. Um, oh, you know, it's hard to assess the standard of the opposition because we don't know the standard of their league and we can only surmise it's, you know, it's, you, you look at, you know, a, a, few, a few of the players we know. So it is a lower standard than the Scottish Championship, let's face it. But they've now got three away games. Max Anderson coming back in, you know, we've chatted about Max Anderson in the office and, and it's, and I ended up, you know, Rab spoke about him and he's, Rab Douglas spoke about in the column last week. You know, if, if Dundee are gonna if Dundee are gonna get promoted, he's a he's a guy they need to get in the team and, and playing well, isn't he? I, I like yeah. him a lot as a player. I, I I do as well. I mean, I think there were there were many kind of uh, interesting things that came out. Kelly and Sheridan starting and, and, yes. and scoring a goal. You know, Lyle Cameron too, another player that I like scoring also, and Max Anderson um, also scoring pretty much. You know, at the death and just into stoppage time. So I mean, I think that. Uh, a lot of intriguing things. Change of goalkeeper. Legsden's coming back in for... Yeah, that was um, the most predictable one of the lot. Yeah, for Harrison Sharp. That, that was absolutely predictable, I have to say. I mean, you know, I'd be I'd be swear to kind of have a real go at Sharp. There are certain things about his kind of maybe positioning all the rest that he needs to work on, his save ratio and everything. But he's, he's still... I think he's only 21. So, you know, in goalkeeping terms, that, that, that that's young, you know, in that particular position. Um, Kami Kerr back uh, in at right back, which I was happy about. I mean... 
He obviously wasn't happy uh, being kind of left out, uh, dropped the week before. I mean, and, and you, you, you would never want any player that was happy at being dropped. You, you wouldn't want in your team again. And Cammy never is when he's dropped. So I was delighted to see him, him back in because he brings, uh, I think, certain things to the team. Uh, <clears throat> McGowan as well, um, starting you know to uh, to bring that kind of midfield creativity, the, the bossy element, if you want, to the game. So I think there were a lot of things that were, that were intriguing in terms of kind of. Um, how the team shaped up. But I think, you know, irrespective of what you're up against, you can only be what you're up against. So in that respect, we don't know enough about New Saints to to, to measure Put it in context. Put it yeah. in context. But the key thing is a spread of goals, um, Sheridan back, you know, and that's been a, a fascinating kind of carry-on because he is a guy with ability. He's a guy that's been at umpteen clubs, but he's got ability, there's no doubt about that. Scores a goal, Cameron, bright young talent, scores a goal, Max Anderson, who I, I also like and <clears throat> would like to see playing on a regular basis because I think he brings great attitude um, and energy to the team as well, scoring too. So I think there's a lot of things there um, that will exercise uh Gary Boyer's mind for for the trip down to Hamilton and uh, and there are players who uh, were on the bench who uh, such as Rudden and Robinson um, and also you know in terms of defence Sweeney uh, young Finley Robertson as well who all all came on you know they, they all kind of got a bash um, but they'll be looking too to in training uh, this week to kind of make their mark to, to to make sure that the boss um, potentially has them in but you know to be honest with you why change a winning side so um, I'd be surprised if they don't come out with, with something very similar I, I, I suspect to some extent it might depend how Sheridan feels after you know after, yeah, after and it's on a, plas- through, on a plastic you know? pitch as well yeah that's a wee bit of a doubt in your mind that, 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 that's a bit of a doubt but then if you know if, if, if they don't if they decide not to go for him on the on the plastic then um, there's there's a, a great chance for Robinson who I like and I write I like Robinson enough to say, and Rodden, who had high hopes, so there's a chance for them They're banging on the door to come in and, and stake stake a claim to a regular start place as well. So the key thing for Dundee is, um, despite indifferent league form, um, you know th- th- that's a good impressive win, albeit in a, a cup against a team that we don't know much about. But uh, again, and it's early in the season. They need to start motoring, you know. They're four points off the pace uh, from Partick at the top, and uh, in terms of Hamilton. Three points in it. If they lose this one, Aki's go go level. If they win it, depending how the results go elsewhere, uh, suddenly a fresh complexion to the table. I mean, far, far too early, you know. As I think I said, my good record last week. Far too early to panic. Uh, but never too early to have a slight concern. So I think a lot of good things come at that result and um, it will have given a lift, I think, to everyone around Dens Park. Yeah, I think, uh, Sean, if you're if you're changing your team for, you know, the week up, let's face it, it's the, it is the week up. Uh, on the back of good league form, you can, you can kind of, you know, the dressing room, you know, it's acceptable to say, okay, you put that you put that in context and you kind of go back to your your team that is is motoring in the in the league but when you change it on the back of a bad result and performance in the league it's a much harder sell to suddenly you know you know you make five or six changes then you, then you then you make another four or five and think okay you you're giving the, the boys of a fortnight to go the benefit of the doubt so i th- i think it has to largely be the the rump of that 11 that did well in there uh, and I was going to say Wales again and Shropshire <laughs> that gets a go again, you know, with the caveat of potentially a Killian Sheridan having had his first game and plastic pitch and all the rest of it. But I'd I'd want to see nine of that team starting certainly. Mm. I would I would totally agree with that. I don't I don't think any of them have have done enough uh, in the league certainly to to earn. Uh, a guaranteed starting. Place. Mulligan comes back, um, obviously, because he's he was away with the twenty ones and did well. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. you can say that. But other those others, you'd say no. You bide your time. You take two or three. If it takes you two, three, four weeks to get back in the team, so be it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're in September, and uh, a a, see, a new manager's first season. I mean, he he's but regardless of anything else, he's entitled to say, you know, I'm still figuring you all out to an extent, and and you'll still be learning things about about players that um, he wasn't able to immediately pick up, you know. Um, so we're still in that sort of exploratory phase to an extent with Gary Boyer, albeit you know that's not an excuse for for not performing, and it won't be accepted um, by supporters certainly who who want to see their side get promoted. But the, the performances that they've turned in the league, you know, they've, they've had some decent wins there. Um, but, you know, they're not absolutely flying. 
by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and obviously losing at home to, to Inverness is, is a, a really poor result. Um, I mean, regardless of the fact that Inverness are, are, are promotion contenders and were in the playoffs last season and whatever, if you're if you're if you're wanting to win a league, you you win your home games, and that's uh, that's it. So that was that was a poor result, and um, you know if you you make wholesale changes off the back of that, as you say for the wee cup, but a, a decent performance, three goals, then that should give you food for thought for the next for the next league match. Because as I say, previous league matches, nobody's 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 secured themselves a guaranteed starting spot on that side. So um, it, 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 there should always be that threat. Um, until until it's such a situation where you know that things are flying yeah, and people are, are really playing well, yeah. so yeah, he, he he should be absolutely entitled to make huge changes, and and it wouldn't shock me if he did. So Jim, I'm looking at th- it's the opposite. United three away games: Hamilton, Aki's, Cove Rangers, Arbroath. We give it the old uh, the old cliche with re- with with respect to the uh, with full respect to the three op- opponents i'm th- i'm thinking anything anything less than seven is is bad is, isn't isn't acceptable for dundee out of those three what are you saying well you know what eric to be honest with you at this stage i think dundee should be looking to take maximum points you say nine three. okay yeah. you're, you're I, I, less generous than me you know <laughs> sean sean makes it i mean look they've got the biggest budget probably by away in that league it's not the kind of budget I think I said recently that, that kind of buys you, you know, an yeah, enormous yeah. gap in quality. But it's it not a hard no, or a hips when they were it down. It should yeah. get you sufficient quality, I think. And uh, I mean, Gary Boyer is still kind of you know feeling feeling around testing the water. He's not had sufficient time to mould and uh, you know decide in his own image and bring in the kind of probably the players he would want. But that that's the nature of football. So there's a little point complaining about that, you know. Um, and there's undoubtedly Hamilton's always a tough place to to to, to go down to. Having a good chat with Ronnie McDonald, the old, I think he might be the chairman again. I think he's come back. Met him in Glasgow last week. Always a tough place. But you know, if Dundee want to win that league and they need to win that league, then I think they need to go to Hamilton, win, uh, go up to Cove Rangers and win. And I know that Arbroath's a very tough one because it's a derby and all the rest of the next week. They need to be looking to take maximum points. I think that's got to be the mentality of, of Dundee. Whether they can do it or not, an entirely different thing. But I think they have to start kind of shaping up. I mean, at the minute, the table, uh, fine being a good cup team, it's not the cup that's actually important. Any of the cups that are important to them, the Scottish might bring in a few bob. That's not the point. The point is Dundee really need, with the plans for new stadium and all the rest of it, Dundee need to be back in the big time, in the big league. Um, and three wins and three defeats and a draw isn't quite the way to go about it. So they need to start getting the points and maximum points on the board, starting with these next three fixtures. All right, I'll give you the last word this, this morning, Sean. So are you are you being generous like me? Are you giving them seven as par? Or are you, are you being a, a hard man to please like Jim? Are you, are you making it nothing less than nine is acceptable? <laughs> Well, maybe 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 you'll uh, say six. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think to be honest, you you look at them and and if they need to go and 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 make a statement about who they are in this league, that's what they've got to go and do, and it's time now because they haven't done it yet. So if they're going to go and do this, then the time is now. Then you go and do it. So um, yeah, nine. Three ah, wins. I'm nicking that from my column, just like Eric. I'm nicking that from my column. Statement. All right, okay. <laughs> there we are. Statement Saturday. Ah, you, you boys got either out the wrong side of bed this morning. Brutally tough with this. Yeah. Okay. Right, anyway, enjoy that, guys. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye just now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.